Welcome back to the Legacy Through Motherhood podcast. This is Stephanie, your host. And on this podcast, we talk about ways that we can really drive positive generational change as mothers. And we talk about this under the umbrella of faith and finances, health, marriage, and mindset. We even have parenting experts on. So we really try to just kind of run the whole gamut here because we have such big as we have such a big platform, right? And influence as mothers just in general. So I believe that the way that we as mothers really can begin to drive generational change is by doing the deep work that we need to do for ourselves. And that that ultimately is going to overflow into our children. Yes, we want to teach them, you know, how to do things better or whatever it might be. But that is, there's nothing that you can say or do that is as powerful to your children as a changed and healed mother is, okay? So on this podcast, we really just talk about ways for us to kind of figure out like what we're really struggling with and then how can we step into that and really like lean into the areas that we might need to pivot or where there might be like generational cycles of trauma or tragedy or whatever that might look like. And then how do we pivot and begin this positive and healthy you know, role model or learning or education or whatever it might be in that area. And so today, you guys, okay, the podcast title, <laughs> are you a smart girl who feels dumb with money or when it comes to money? Something along those lines. I am a personal finance coach. Uh, my husband and I have this really long <laughs> financial story from debt and craziness to building wealth. That is episode, oh Lord, I don't even know what episode it is, but if you go back, um, you can listen to our whole financial journey. I think it's literally called our journey to financial freedom. It's one of the first like 20 episodes. So you'll have to kind of go back a little bit, but you can listen to our story there. Anyways, I am now very much on a mission to just bring in more women to this financial table and to have conversations about finances, to kind of open it up and make it not as taboo or scary. So I work one-on-one with families and with women to really get their finances organized and whatever else. And you know, it's always really interesting because before somebody comes and works with me, typically you could tell that they want to, right? They're kind of like chomping at the bit because like finances freaking touch everything. Like (laughs) they can suck the life out of us. Absolutely. And it's so private, right? There's so much darkness and weight with it because we don't talk about it. We're taught it's taboo to talk about it. We're going to talk about that in a second. But these families and women who come to me and are like, oh, I really would love your one-on-one coaching, but like my finances are a mess. I'm so embarrassed. Like, I just, I don't even know what I, like. I don't know that I could actually commit to this because I'm not sure I can have someone in my finances. We're, we're kind of at that point. And, you know, every time there is a little bit of like talking and encouraging and, you know, inviting them into this space of transparency with their finances. And I will tell you guys within 24 hours, like all the walls are down because once they like can show someone who is coming in from like this outsider's perspective with no shame, no guilt, no expectation, no surprises. <laughs> like literally there's nothing that you can surprise me with your finances. You got crap in collections? Cool. You got crap in, you know, 15, we, I mean, my husband and I, we had thousands of dollars on a credit card at one point back when we were like 
in debt with like Target and Amazon and just stupid crap like Red Robin and Applebee's like wasn't even anything legitimate, right? So do you have credit cards filled with just like stuff that you're like, oh my gosh, I just haven't said no to myself or my kids or my family, you know? And so now I'm in this situation or what, you know, I don't have a savings or we're two months behind in bills or like literally I've dealt with all of that, right? And none of that is surprising to me. Um, and so with about 24 hours into, you know, my coaching or whatever else, just having these women and these families put their finances on this paper, it's, it's on like an Excel sheet, but just putting it out into the light, right? And like tracking where you are actually at. There is such a weight lifted at that point. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, I would assume I've never actually jumped out of an airplane. I'd have to ask my husband. He actually skydived, skydived, skydived out of, um, or went skydiving over the Swiss Alps. How beautiful would that have been? But anyways, you know, it's like that anticipation when you are like about to jump, it seems impossible. Like, oh my gosh, this is like the worst possible situation I could find myself in. And then once you jump, it's number one, fun. It's freeing. You also kind of hit this, what is it? Like the terminal velocity or whatever. So you aren't going to, and there's a safety net. <laughs> like you, you're not going to die you know, 99.9% of the time. And so the same thing kind of happens when people come out, so to speak, with their finances. Um, I think there's a stat, it says 52% of women live a hidden or a secret financial life. And what that really means and is talking about is that, you know, you might have like your Starbucks coffee or like your cute shake or, you know, your Yeti tumbler and, you know, I don't know, like cute clothes and whatever else. And you're going out for drinks every Friday and all of these things and everything looks hunky dory and all great, but truly you're like losing sleep at night because you almost maxed out another credit card. And there is a huge study, uh, Dave Ramsey has it on his website about, um, millennials and Gen, and Gen Z and all these kind of things about how pressured they feel. If you are in Gen Z, especially millennials still pretty much up there, but how pressure you, how pressured you feel to spend money that you don't really have to keep up with friends or to fit into social situations or, you know, to go grab a drink or go get dinner or go grab another coffee or, um, you know, go on a girl's weekend or whatever it might be, right? Like we're unknowingly, you guys, being a source of financial pressure to our people, to our girls, to whatever. And, and, he, and it's all like, it's never ill-intentioned. It's never ill-intentioned. Like we just want to go grab a coffee with our friend, right? We just want to go grab drinks and just kind of blow steam off from work or, you know, go on a girl's weekend or whatever. And that's all fine and good. But the problem is the underlying problem and what we're going to talk about today is that we don't know each other's financial situations. We don't know each other's financial situations because we don't talk about it, because we've been taught that it's taboo. And honestly, because we're pretty freaking insecure about it, if we're being honest with ourselves, right? We're kind of in a probably a worse spot than we let on. Like if, if you had to be really real with yourself right now, would people be surprised by your, what your actual like financial numbers were? Like, do you put on a pretty good front, even if you're not like paycheck to paycheck or like rubbing pennies together, right? Like, do you put on a more put together financial front than your actual living? That's what this stat is about. A lot of people do that. A lot of women do that. And we're going to kind of dive into that just in general. 
And so, you know, most financial work, you guys, it kind of sucks. <laughs> like it just kind of sucks, especially if you really feel like you should know what to do, but you don't. And you have no idea to who even to like ask for help, right? And if you're like most moms and women that I work with, you kind of get into adulthood and you look around one day and start thinking, how in the heck did I even get here financially? And now what am I supposed to do? <laughs> because, you know, the only personal finance class that I had was when I was a junior in high school. Now I'm, you know, and it was kind of cute to be living off of, you know, spaghetti, SpaghettiOs and ramen noodles at 21 in college or newly married or, you know, whatever. But now that I have a family and now that my marriage is starting to have some tension every time we talk about finances, now it's not so cute anymore. But the problem is, is I'm not a, in high school. There are no finance classes. I mean, you guys, I went through, uh, I got my bachelor's degree and I did some of my master's, but I didn't go into like finance. I went into special education. So I never got another finance class out of my junior year of high school. The only reason I even know which way is up with finances is because my mom figured it out when I was a late teenager. And then she sat me down in my early 20s and was like, sit your butt down at this kitchen table. I did not teach you this because I did not know this, but you have to know it. So, so sit down, let me walk you through and teach you how to budget, teach you how to track, teach you about money, teach you about all this stuff, right? So like really when I talk about this generational change and when I talk about the impact that I'm having with women and money and whatever, like it starts with my mother saying, sit your butt down. <laughs> like you have to know this. This is important. And I'm sorry. I didn't know it earlier to start when you were three years old, you know, to teach you about how to save and give and spend and whatever. But I know it now. And I know that you were out of my house, but you need to sit down and you need to learn this. And so I did. <laughs> she made me freaking sit down. And it was a huge humbling experience because I didn't know how money worked. But she sat me down and she mentored me over the past, gosh, 10 years now with this. And so now I've also went on my own journey kind of in tandem with what she's been teaching me. And now I've turned around and this is really where, if you listen to this podcast from like start to finish, the, or start to where we are now, you can really tell it started from kind of rotating between those five main topics I talked about in the beginning to really kind of narrowing it on finances. I'm not like solely going finances because I still love to talk about the other things, but you can tell that like this is where my life's work is going is just to help as many women as possible and many families as possible with their money. Because if you think about it, kind of what I was just saying, financial concepts like budgeting, investing, interest rates, or whatever, they're all taught to us so early in school when we literally could not care less. At 17, we do not care about investing or mortgages or what debt even does. It doesn't matter. We just don't care. Number one, we at best, we have a job where we're making minimum wage and we're probably not saving it. We're probably going to the movies. We might be saving it to like buy a car. <laughs> I don't know. You know, like we just don't care. We don't have the perspective to really even understand or appreciate that financial education or financial literacy. So, you know, if you woke up one day kind of terrified about where you are financially and feeling like you have nowhere to turn because we've also been taught that it's rude or taboo to talk about money, you know, just take a breath because 
you've at least found this. <laughs> you found a little corner of this world, you know, where talking about finances is being normalized and nothing is off limits here. I just shared on my Instagram stories a text I got from one of my friends where we're, we're selling our house. We're actually moving next week. That's crazy to say. I'm also 34, 33, four weeks pregnant right now for those of you who are keeping up with that. Uh, so no baby yet. But anyways, she was asking me like, Hey, what do you sell your house for? What did it appraise for? What is your, this, what is your, what are the, all these numbers? She's like, I know you're not weird about money. So just tell me all the things. And I'm like, I love this. I love that you are literally just texting me like, tell me all the numbers. Let me help crunch this with you. Cause she was getting ready to sell her house, whatever. Okay. So like literally nothing is off limits. And here's the other thing too. Some people think, um, you know, well, I don't want people all up in my business, like knowing my numbers and whatever. And here's the deal. I have a best friend. We talk about money. We talk about financial goals. You know, I have an idea probably of like, I know how much her husband makes, how much she makes one, because we used to work the same job, but I kind of know how much her husband makes. I kind of know how much they are comfortable with in savings, you know, whatever else. But here's the deal. I don't know the exact dollar amount that is in her checking and savings. She doesn't know the exact dollar amount that's in my checking and savings. Like there's this general idea of where we are both financially. And so, and that's such a good thing because we don't put pressure on each other financially. She feels totally comfortable to say, Hey, um, I do want to hang out, but can we just like, can you just come over? Like we're trying to save because we're getting this new driveway or you know, we're trying to save because this, his truck totally just took a whatever, you know, and we're saving up for a new car. Like there is not this pressure to be like, oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We can hang out. Okay. Yeah, sure. We can go to that restaurant. Okay. Yeah, sure. We can, let's just plan a family, like our family vacations together or something. You know what I mean? With this underlying stress of like, ah, oh, man, I don't, I can't afford that. Like there is none of that. It is like straight up. We talk about finances and whatever else, but there's a way to talk about finances where people aren't like inappropriately up in your business. Does that make sense? And honestly, I would even say it's totally fine. If I would not care if she knew the exact dime that was in my bank account, that conversation just not, has not happened. Uh, if she told me it probably wouldn't be weird for her, right? We're that close. Now, does everybody need to know that even everybody you're friends with? No. Is it good though, for you to have somebody who you can say like, okay, this is how much we have in checking. This is how much we have in savings. We're trying to pay out this credit card. Like, can you help me like make a plan here? Like what is going on, right? But let's think about anyone who you look up to financially. Chances are you look up to them because maybe they have what you want. Like maybe it's a savings account they kind of allude to having or the family vacations that they take, or maybe it's the home that they live in. But there's probably something else that they have that you may not have noticed until now. Have you ever noticed they are typically confident talking about finances in general? Like they are able to hold their own in a financial conversation. And oftentimes when we are struggling with our finances, there is a lack of confidence around financial talk. And when I ask women like I, that I coach or that I teach, how confident, I think I asked this actually in an episode or two ago, but how confident would you be if you walked up to me and my friend and we were having a money conversation, how confident would you be to like sit there, listen, and within, I don't know, a minute, give your opinion or your input? Typically, 
people will answer with like kind of a little bit of a laugh and like a not at all. <laughs> if I walked up and y'all were having some kind of financial conversation, I would say I had to go pee and <laughs> like find a restroom and get out of that as fast as possible. You know, so what does that mean? Like if you would have said the same thing, like I would have just sat there like an awkward, <laughs> the most awkward person ever. Okay, what does that mean? That means that you or whoever will steer clear of financial topics and conversations because you don't feel like you have much to add. And there's just not a ton of places where we can just sit and listen in to financial talk, unless you're like this podcast. You can totally listen into this podcast, listen into Dave Ramsey's show, read a book, right? There's different places that you can have this passive uh, conversation, I guess, where you can sit and listen in, but that is not the same as like engaging with a conversation. So, you know, not only are we not confident in talking about money, but because we aren't confident, we're also not freaking interested. (laughs) We don't like to talk about things that we don't know what's going, we don't like to walk into a conversation and feel like we don't have anything smart to say or any input to give or confidence while we talk or, you know, whatever. We don't like that. And so, you know, one of my goals and some content that I'm working on is just to start taking these like uh, little steps, right? Going from like, I hate talking about money, number one, uh, because I'm not confident and I feel really insecure about it to, okay, I know that I need to know this. So how do I become a passive learner first. No one wants to be freaking thrown into the deep end <laughs> um, with financial stuff, right? So like, how do I become this passive listener? Well, number one, here's my podcast. There you go. I also teach some classes, you know, whatever else that you can register for if you wanted to, but be a passive listener, like read a book on finances. Uh, do, you know, something that's a really easy read, not like, you know, I don't know, some kind of stat statistic <laughs> book or something. I love the book, uh, Prince Charming Isn't Coming. I love the book, Secrets to Six-Figure Women, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, I'm reading The Psychology of Money right now. There's a whole bunch of different books, but just start to read it because then the language starts to become just a little bit more familiar, right? And then I think taking more of an active role, maybe not in an exact conversation. I have a course, it's called Entrusted with Her Finances, and it's really the deep money work that needs to be done in tandem with the logistics. So like in tandem with like the, you know, organizing your finances, getting your numbers out on paper, creating a budget, like doing all that surface stuff. I have a course that is for all the deep stuff, the trauma that we've experienced with money, Uh, what we owe our children with money, passive income, building wealth, like the whole, the whole nine. And so that work specifically I have created so that you can still kind of be this passive learner where the, it's not intimidating, right? They're audio lessons. You just listen, but there's a journal that goes along with it. So now you have to like engage your brain. Now we have to think about what my experiences with money are. Not to think about, you know, different things that I've experienced as a child, different traumas, different uh, you know, expectations that I put on my children or myself or whatever it might be, uh, why I struggle with debt, <laughs> what, you know, whatever, whatever the heck it might be. Anyways, and now I'm inviting you to 
like engage with yourself or with your partner or whatever to actually write this stuff down in a journal. That course has an over an 80 page journal. I'll talk about that a little bit later, but right. So that's kind of that next step. And then there's just, there's more steps happening after that, that I'm kind of working on. But the point being is that we got to all get in. <laughs> we all got to get in deep at some point, you guys, because it is not okay for women to be on the outside of these money circles, money conversation circles, right? Have you ever thought any of these? Have you ever thought, well, what the title of this episode is, I'm a smart girl. So why the heck do I feel so dumb with money? Or I can make a budget that looks great on paper, but I can never follow through for whatever reason. Or have you ever felt like a budget just feels super, super restricting? Have you tried to ever build your savings for you know years even, but every time you get momentum, something comes up or something drains it and you kind of feel like, what the heck is the point? Do you have a hard time saying no to yourself or children or others? Do you have a hard time saying yes to fun? Like you're so like your hands are so closed and tight holding on to the money that you have. Are you, do you have a hard time having fun? Do you hate talking about finances? Does it stress you out? Do you like, does it cause an issue every time you get brought up in your marriage? Um, do you, you know, want to really have a healthier financial life, but you just really don't know what steps to take and you're kind of embarrassed that, I don't know, like, why is it so hard to do something as simple as a budget? <laughs> I get it. Like, I get how to do it. Have you ever heard the term where like, it's really simple, but it's not easy, right? Um, and so that's kind of where I come in. But have you ever thought that? any of those things, you guys, that is literally where I was five years ago, like feeling all kinds of like stupid because I'm like, this is not that hard. <laughs> it cannot be that hard. And these thoughts are exactly what keeps women stuck in their finances, right? The fear of not knowing what to do. And then the guilt and shame and the embarrassment that creeps in when we think we should know what to do. That is what keeps us stuck. And every single woman that gets stuck here and stays stuck here is making one of the biggest mistakes that is just really, really, really guaranteed to keep them from, you know, creating the financial life that they want so badly to A, experience themselves, but then B, pass on to our children, right? And the worst part about this whole daggone thing is that we don't even realize, and I say we because I didn't realize that there was you know, the logistical part of getting it together with finances, there was the mindset part, there was the deep money work part, there's just this whole like, journey that we really need to go on in order to feel really secure in our finances. And then not only us feel secure, right? I did a whole training on generational change that lasts and how to make how to create generational change financially, that doesn't just die the generation after we are gone, right? Like if you just be, let's just say you grew up with parents who, you know, were on in poverty, on welfare, whatever. It doesn't really freaking matter. And then now you have, you know, you're making, I don't know, hundred over six figures. You have not uh, broken any kind of financial generational chain here. You have changed your financial situation you have changed your socioeconomic status. You haven't done really, I mean, 
you could have. But point being, that alone, just changing your income level from your parents, that is not generational change that you are creating. That is that is something great. However, there is more to be done, more to be learned, more to be worked through if you actually want that to last and it not to die with your children. And, you know, the cold hard truth is really this. If you don't work through your mindset around money or the deep work with money, you're going to remain stuck in your finances. And being stuck in your finances really kind of pretty much leaves you broken and insecure. And I can tell you that firsthand. There was a four-year gap, you guys, between 2012 and 2016. 2012, I had my first baby, realized we were in our over our heads financially, realized we were not in a good place, uh, period. It wasn't until four years later in 2016 that I actually realized like, okay, this is actually sucks. <laughs> this is actually really not where we want to be. And we even got ourselves further in debt at that point. So, you know, if nothing changes, nothing changes. Okay, let's get real cliche. But listen, I have such compassion and a heart for those of you who are like, I know things need to change. I'm just not ready for it. Listen, it took me four years from knowing what I needed to do to actually beginning on the journey to do it. And since 2016, which has been about five years now, uh, if you know our story, we basically, again, went from being super in debt with a negative net worth to debt free and having almost three quarters of a million in net worth. And I only say those numbers not to say anything because about our actual numbers, because who, who the heck freaking cares about our finances. But the point is, is that so many people are like, oh my gosh, I'm in such a mess. Like this is going to take me 20 years to, you know, dig myself out of. Are there one-off cases, one-off cases that that could be the case? Sure. However, that is not typically the case that I see. I just started a working with a one-on-one -on -one client with my personal finance coaching. And at the very beginning, they were like, man, we don't have a lot of margin. I don't know if you're going to want to work with us. And typically I don't work with people who don't have any margin in their finances because there's a difference between having an income problem and having like a financial problem, if, if that makes sense. And so, you know, I can only do so much if you only have $40 left over every single month. And so I will give you some like tips, tricks, um, resources or whatever, and say like, Hey, come back when you can, you know, create a little more margin in your finances. Well, anyways, um, we are getting ready to actually kick off on June 4th for our 90 day cycle that I coach in 90 day cycles. And, um, they started off like a week ago with $40 extra a month. You guys, I'm not even kidding when I say we haven't even started yet. And with the work that we have done with the money they have found and the organization stuff that we have done already, just to prepare for us starting on the fourth, they're at like $400 extra a month right now. I can't even go into all the details of how that happened. It's freaking amazing. Okay. And by the end of the 90 days, they're going to have over $800 a month, mm, 780, whatever, close to $800 a month in 90 days. Excess, you guys, excess. This is not an income change. They are at the exact same fixed income that they have been at for the last year and that they will be at for this next year. We did not change an income. We did not, you know, nobody got an inheritance. <laughs> this is literally just uh, some Stephanie in your life, okay? A lot of times we think we are absolutely drowning in our finances. And the truth is, lovingly, sometimes we just need to stand up and the water is truly just to our knees. 
you ever said that to like your kid before your three-year-old who's like freaking out and you're like, oh my God, stand up six inches of water. <laughs> the heck are you doing? Okay. So I have been the toddler drowning in three inches of water and my mother told me to stand up. What the heck are you doing woman? You know? So anyways, that is now what I turn around and do. And I help people just get their feet on solid ground. And it is my most favorite thing to do. Because again, your finances touch absolutely everything in your life. It touches your relationships, your experiences as a family, your marriage, and most importantly, like truly, it affects the choices that you have. Money, does it buy happiness? You know, people joke, they can buy a jet ski, it can buy happiness, but it can't, but it can buy you choices. Like choices is queen, right? That is, that is what we want. So here's the other thing. And then I'm going to wrap up this episode. You should feel insecure about your finances. You should. Think about it. It was just 70 years ago that women were in the home and men ran the workforce back in the 50s, right? 1950s. And the men handled all the money. They were the ones that had the money talk because they were the ones that freaking made the money. That was normal. That was cultural. We were, women were in the home raising babies. We talked about our kids and the home and homemaking and whatever. And, you know, obviously that's changed now, but that was culturally, that was 70 years ago. You guys, that's our grandparents. I'm 32. That was a grandparents. Some of the, some of my friends who have older parents, that's our parents, right? 60 years ago was the first time women could open a bank account in their name. You couldn't even build a credit on your own as a woman until the 60s. And then in the 70s, which was only 50 years ago, that was the first time a woman could even open a credit card. Guys, 50 years ago, (laughs) 10 to 20 years ago, you were a junior in high school, like I was talking about, taking the only personal finance class you would ever freaking take, which means that your grandmother or your mother were most likely completely winging it when it came to finances. They either had zero hands in their personal finances, or they were the first generation of women to even navigate it. So more likely than not, they were living by trial and error and not teaching you consciously about money. You know, intentional is a big buzzword. I feel like in our generation, oh, I just want to be really intentional to you know, teach my kids this and that. And I want to be intentional with this. And I want to be, in- you guys, our mothers and grandmothers were not being intentional about money with us. <laughs> I didn't know what the heck they were doing. And then they were also taught that it was taboo to talk about finances. So it is not something that you most likely would have grown up hearing about. So you are not dumb with money. <laughs> you are just never explicitly taught about it as an adult. This is why I am on a mission to normalize talking about finances with women so that we can just gain confidence in this area and ultimately teach the next generational, just the next generational, the next generation with confidence and with intention, because we can be the first generation of women that does that, right? Okay, I am going to wrap up this episode. We're about at 30 minutes. So I'm going to wrap up this episode with that thought, okay? That number one, you should feel insecure about finances. And if you don't, you probably had a mentor intentionally and explicitly teaching you about it, or you probably went to school. Or 
you realize kind of like me, like I said, kind of in tandem, my mother was very intentional and she absolutely was and is a mentor, but I also like crazily went on my own journey also. Like she kind of introduced me and she has walked alongside me every step of the way, but I also have become a crazy person <laughs> about finances and money and how does it work and how does whatever and like how the psychology, like I said, I'm reading the book, it's called The Psychology of Money. So this is just a topic that for my heart, like this is so big in people's lives that like I, for me, I feel the burden to figure it out so that I can simply teach other women so that they don't have to like do all this deep work with money. Cause you might be into something totally different, right? You might be into something like, I don't even freaking know what, good Lord. I can't even think my brain, pregnancy brain, but you have your own interests and uh, passions and whatever else that you really need to just be like giving the world. For me, it's money and women and teaching them so that you can feel lighter and just feel better and just feel like you don't have to be consumed by these finances so that you can do all the amazing work that you were put here on this earth to do. So I want you guys to do something really quick for me. I, like I said, this podcast is kind of the, the number one step. It's kind of the toe in the water, so to speak where it is totally passive, you know, you put, I'm in your ears with your earbuds, whatever else. I don't require anything. You don't really have to do anything. It's just passive money talk so that you can start to feel more, more confident when it comes to this conversation. Now, what I really want you to do, I want you to scroll down to the show notes and there is a link to the course that I was talking about. And there's just more information in there. It is called Entrusted with Her Finances. It is that deep money work. It is kind of dipping like your leg, your whole leg <laughs> in the water. It is a audio course. It's over, it's almost eight hours of training actually now. And there's an 80 page journal where it really, I invite you to come and take this next step where you are learning more about money, more about your money story specifically. And then I am inviting you to start doing some of the deep work, putting pen to paper, putting your thought, like bringing up your thoughts about your childhood and, and debt and your specific money uh, situation. And so let's take that next step together. This is why I created this course and wrote it the way that I did. There is a little over, I want to say 65 students in this course right now, all women doing just such amazing work, having such amazing breakthroughs. And so if you are kind of ready for a little bit more, a little bit more than a podcast, I want to invite you to just check out that link. Don't worry. You're not going to click on it and sign up or anything. It's just more information. Okay. Uh, and if you cannot find the link for whatever reason, it's just simsarrows.com slash yes. Sims, S-I-M-S, arrows.com slash yes. Keep it simple for you. So, um, okay, guys, I am going to head off of here. I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful week. And I look forward to walking with you to help you find your grit while completely covering you in grace.